the last few years, I've definitely struggled with, am I just adding to noise? You know, is it more beneficial to be quiet? Most of us have two lives. The life we live and the unlived life within us. We all have our own road to walk. Nothing's perfect and there's going to be a price for everything. There are no rules. Welcome to The Resistance. Featuring meaningful conversations. I think I'm grieving the death of part of me. It's not about being the star and being seen. It's about that explore that very space between who we are and who we say we want to be. I'm your host, Matt Connor. Hello and welcome to The Resistance. My name is Matt Connor and I'm your host. Today I'm very excited to introduce you, if you don't know her already, to Brooke Wagner as a songwriter, performer. She's really known as an artist's artist, if that makes any real sense. It's a way of somehow trying to say that there are artists and then there are artists, as in there are some that we have a deeper respect for, some that are just so good at their craft that you think everyone should know about them. I've felt that way ever since I first found Brooke's work, Fresh Pair of Eyes, And she's certainly experienced some success. She has toured with Jack White, recorded with Jack White, and even played the Grammys with him. She's played Lollapalooza and Austin City Limits. She has a handful of albums and EPs out there. But the journey also stopped with 2016's release, Sweven. And with that album, Brooke, who was also becoming a mother and settling into family life in Nashville... As she tells us in today's conversation, she found herself wrestling with the resistance in a way that was calling her away from the metrics and away from what the industry would tell you is meaningful toward uh, really a more personal compass that she was following, like a different magnetic north. And I found that really refreshing. Today's conversation is really all about that. Like, what does it mean? for all of us to follow what's really most important versus what the exterior voices or some toxic internal script would tell you is important. Are you living up to the demands of others or are you willing to follow or chart your own path? There are certainly things that we all have to do for the sake of maybe making a living or Um, you know, attending to what's most important to be responsible with ourselves. But I think all of us also put in a lot of time and effort, maybe money toward living up to things that maybe we don't necessarily need to, and that maybe aren't even the most healthy for us. Getting to know Brooke, listening to her music, learning to trust her, and then talking to her with this episode only reminds me that it's so important to look out for examples and torchbearers that we can follow to know that it's okay to stop listening to some of those voices, to allow ourselves to maybe fail in the eyes of others or at least make questionable decisions. In her instance, it's, well, my gosh, how can you stop recording? You need to keep putting things out there. And Brooke's not willing to make music unless it's on her own terms. She's on a break right now, and she's fully okay with that. She's living a very fulfilling life and doesn't need the audience's approval or industry understanding of that. 
that's a lesson we could all use. If you've never heard Brooke, we certainly encourage you to listen here, both to what she has to say and to seek out her music. So without further ado, here is our conversation with Brooke Wagner. Thanks for listening. We'd love to start where we start with all of our artists, and that is with our source material from Stephen Pressfield's The War of Art. So Brooke, I just want to ask, I'll read this. It says, most of us have two lives, the life we live and the unlived life within us. And between the two stands the resistance. I know for you, you have family life these days as well as creative life and all. I just wonder for you, what does resistance look like for you, you know, a few albums into your career or what form does it take? Yeah. um, I think for me, it's taking on two forms right now. One of them being stamina, being a mother of multiple children is just a wonderful challenge in and of itself, but keeping some reserves to try to make things and, and work on art is not always easy. That being said, it also helps provide me with a lot of messaging and material that I do want to address and talk about. So it's, it's definitely got pros and cons, (laughs) but I think a really big piece to the resistance aspect for me right now is also just feeling like everything is just very loud. The world feels, you know, we're just so interconnected, which can be wonderful. But I think just being a little bit older and farther along in my career, you become more aware of just how much is out there. And so the last few years, I've definitely struggled with, am I just adding to noise? You know, is it more beneficial to be quiet. And I think a lot of that has to do with just my interior life and the days are very full and loud and, you know, finding that quiet time in that space to kind of reboot is definitely a challenge in and of itself. But, you know, for the medium that I'm in, which is songs, it just feels like a really uh, tricky space sometimes to take part in now. It just doesn't feel like it's about songs anymore. It feels more about this big, full, holistic brand of image and platforms and what's your social justice cause and what's your social media presence and who do you know? And it's all these other elements now. So it's, I think in a lot of ways, it's been a little sad that it's robbed a lot of the joy of it for me. But I also am aware that that is the battle. And I try not to listen to that all the time either, because I think the value is still there. I think it's just finding the time to justify addressing it. And it feels sort of dormant right now. I mean, I I actually am working and writing quite a lot privately. I work with a lot of other artists in town and you know, I teach now. I teach college students songwriting and I really enjoy that. And my own personal work is taking on some new forms and shapes. Um, I do a lot of poetry, a lot of things that don't involve sounds but that feel um, musical and, and still writing just songs for me. But I do have some things up my sleeve when the timing is right that I, I'm really excited to put into the world. But I've, I've made a pretty conscious decision that I'm not going to do it the way it feels like it's supposed to be done now. Because if I have to 
write songs for playlists on Spotify. I'm just not going to do that. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I think there's some artists who are so good at that. And I'm very aware of my detriment. That doesn't feel like a very healthy space for me. So I've just had to sit a long, hard time and think about how I want to put things out. And I think for me at this point, it has to all be free. I can't obsess about the monetization anymore. That was becoming too, it just makes it commercial. I mean, I am a musician and I have to earn money to live off of my music, but it feels more like a leap of faith now and less calculated. So that's been very freeing just in the creative process, not worrying so much about, well, how many streams could we gauge that this would get? And how many eyeballs? What's the visibility? I kind of feel like I'm getting back to the very beginning of what I loved about songwriting. So Mm. that's a very long answer to your question, but those are the two things. I mean, I think it's just the noise out there and, and my own personal stamina of what I'm capable of in a day, you know, Uh, let's, let's, uh, let's kick down both of these doors. Uh, The stamina (laughs) and, and sort of the intersection of art and commerce. I'm I'm interested in the stamina angle because you know certainly you have every reason to not make music. We were talking earlier, you know, you you didn't say here during the recorded interview but you're pregnant with your third right child. You know there's like like it would be very easy for you to not make music and to have no one give you any trouble for not making music because you know obviously you have other you know, endeavors that are more important. And, and of course, you know, anyone with a kid or two or soon to be three would, would completely understand. So do you feel that those compete? Is that frustrating if there is some competition there or what does that mean for the artist in you who wants to create? And yet for the mother who is, you know, enjoying and, and loving her family. That's a good question. I I think I let a lot of that go a few years ago. When I had my first child, I, I put out my last record. This was 2015 and I was on the road a good bit during the first year of his life. Um, really leaning on family and friends to help fill in the gaps. And then about a year and a half into his life, I just felt pretty strongly about pulling back on my visible career as a musician. I didn't really want him growing up so much in my world. It felt really important to make space for him fully. I I personally didn't want him growing up on the road with, with me doing music that, that felt like a very strong thing for me. And I have friends who do that and do that beautifully. And I think they're being equipped for that. I just didn't feel like that would be the right move for our family. So I pulled back and took some time to kind of figure out what that would look like and how to address it. And I just found a lot of peace in doing that. I also know how I work, you know, when I'm making an album or touring, it's just so all in that it's really difficult to make space for other people, to be honest. I mean, it it can be very consuming. And so I felt like a good time to kind of shift gears. And I I felt a little bit like I was outgrowing the medium too. This was also happening around the time that it was the first album where we still had physical product printed up, you know, CDs and also vinyl, but 
the, the change, the shift in the physical product side of things was really, really happening then. And now is, you know, it's very clear, you know, how that works now. And I mean, there's still a handful of artists who make CDs and that's great, but that's just really changed. So all those things were happening in tandem and I just had to keep reassessing what my original goal was when I got started like 12 years ago, the things happening in front of me with the sphere of the industry of music were really shifting. And I think I needed to just kind of take a minute and go, if this had been how things had looked 12 years ago, would I have gotten into music in this way? And so I think just taking a really hard look at it, you know, what is that I'm actually wanting to do and make? What's the goal here? Is it just to acquire more and more people and followers and fans? Or do I just need to take some time and figure out what to make next? And that's, that's what I've done. So I haven't put anything out in almost five years. And I think it's been really healthy and really good just to have that time. But the, the tension is... You know, it's not a lot of tension. It just feels very right. I feel very at peace about what I'm doing, even though a lot of people may not see it or it's not as visible. Or I was actually reading a review recently. A publication did a kind of like follow up piece on an album I put out years ago called Originator. And there were all these different comments and commentators about the project and kind of asking what I'd been up to. And a few of them were <laughs> quick to say, I don't think she makes music anymore. You know, I think she's like a mom now, <laughs> which is really sad. But, you know, if she's got to do that, she's going to do that. <laughs> I mean, it's fair. Like, we don't have that intimate relationship. But, you know, I'm highly aware that's the perception. And yet, uh, that feels like the right thing to do. So, that's okay, you know. But it it has been a big shift. And it's just... It's never, I think I found peace in knowing it's not going away. It's just, it's just hibernating for a little bit and replenishing right now. And so that's, that's given tremendous peace. There's not a lot of tension there. I think the hardest part with stamina is just wanting to keep that muscle moving. You know, I'm definitely a better parent. I'm a better wife. I'm a better friend when I do have some time to make something it's a pretty physical release for me to be able to kind of get that out. But I also need a reason to do it that feels sort of communal and not just, I need to write a song today, but something that feels like I need to write a song for this group setting or this event or this performance. Like I definitely am motivated by that. So I think when those things come along, just trying to seize those moments and make time for that. I don't know if that's answering your question. I think I'm talking around it a little bit, but uh, Brooke, and tell, you can tell me if I'm totally wrong on this. But but as an outsider looking at your career, it seems like your instinct to you know sort of make this change, like you said, came at the time that you were becoming the most visible within the industry. You play with Jack White at the Grammys, joined the band there in those collaborations and then it seems like maybe right after that or i mean at least not too long after that suddenly you're making these familial changes from the outside it seems like oh wow you're making these connections and the platform is 
growing. Is that true? You know, it. yes and no. In some regard, I put out... I put out two albums post the Jack White touring. The first one I put out right after on the heels of that mm-hmm. had a lot of visibility. I definitely struggled a little bit with the genuine nature of the interest. It kind of felt like now there was some weird attachment to a much more visible entity that is Jack White, you know? Sure. But at the same time, also trying to just kind of, well, you know, that's kind of how some of this stuff works. It's fine. Just keep going, rolling with it, make what you make. And then with my last album, Swevin, I think that one for me felt like things weren't necessarily growing. They had hit sort of a plateau, which is totally fine. Uh, I'm actually not all about like global domination in that way. I'm very <laughs> niche oriented. Like, great, if you find a group of people that can support you and it can feel connective in that way. I think that's much more enjoyable in the long haul. And I think it's probably healthier for your personhood. But, mm. you know, I think it was just getting a little too, I was having to compartmentalize a little too much with work life and road life and, and my son. And, and I didn't want to fully integrate them all. There was a real need to kind of stop one of them and not try to just integrate it all in that way. Mm. And I think the music business is really hard. I think it it's about music initially, and then it's not. And that's the sadness of it. That's the sad part of the business side of it. It becomes about the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And once you start kind of entering a realm of name notoriety of like who you know and people you're around, and that gets weird. Yeah, those were interesting years, you know, um, touring touring with somebody that's... that's uh, so well known and, and respected was a great privilege, but also you really get to see the interior of what it looks like kind of at the top. And um it's not that great. You know, it's no better than whatever feels like your mundane life. I mean it's it's still life, you know, with problems and it's just louder, you know. So I think it was really good to see a lot of that and in a good way, just, it can be disillusioning probably in the right way, just to kind of show, make sure you're doing things for the right reasons and not just kind of chasing something or getting caught up in the noise, you know? So yeah, all that to say, I, I, it's interesting to hear your perspective on it. And I, I've kind of left things at that. I have never done like a formal, you know, here's a blog post, here's a, mass email telling everyone I'm done, I'm moving on, you know, not solidifying anything, just allowing it to just kind of stop for a little bit. If there's any speculation, great. I'm glad someone's interested enough to speculate. Otherwise, music's always going to be there. You know, there's always going to be a way to make it. But the medium, I think I just need a different, I will be honest, I am a little bit bored with the medium. I'm a little bored with just how much music there is, how, how it gets made now is not very exciting. It's very gridded and stale and it's all computers. And most producers want to do so much stuff and post or just, they're constantly like grabbing things that you've already recorded and dropping them in. And I think seeing that is, that's a real, uh, that's just a real buzzkill to me. So I think just needing to kind of like, just take a minute, reassess, where are we culturally with music and what's its purpose? 
how disposable should it be? You know? Yeah. Those are big questions. Well, I mean, do you think that, do you think that that creates a countercultural lane for you to exist in then? Yeah. You know, I, when I get really bogged down in that, there's, there's always this wonderful moment of a random friend or a, a collaborator or a colleague or somebody who will say something in my life that is a great sweet reminder of there's so many people that really deeply care about the quality of things and about certain music they love and they invest and support. And I'm highly aware so much of this is coming from being in my mid thirties. You know, you just start seeing the world a little bit differently. Sure. And I love working with the students I work with. They're all early twenties. They're so not jaded. They're so like excited and hungry and ready to take on the world. (laughs) And uh, that's where I can really see what a young man's game it is. You know, you kind of need that invincibility factor to go attack it, you know? And I think for me, mid thirties, I'm highly aware of my mortality and, and my stamina now, you know, it's, uh, it, it is dispersed differently now. So having to really be careful with that. I think too, I've just seen too many sad stories come out of music living in Nashville for so long. There's just too many broken families Mm. and um, sad stories around this art form that no art is worth that. You got to make a pretty clear stance at some point and just say enough, you know, I can't let it take over in this way. That's just kind of where I, 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 all those things culminated for me. Sure. And it's evolving. It's growing and changing every year. It just, takes on a new shape for me and and the dream looks different, you know. I think for a while I didn't know what to dream next. I wasn't sure what the goal was. So I think that's when it's a good time to take a step back. L- let me push back in 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 just one more way here. Yeah. How how can you tell a difference maybe between a legitimate you know, I'm bored with it. I just don't want to even be a part of it. It's not worth it. Or you know what? I just don't have the stamina for it. And and that's a healthy boundary. How do you tell the difference between that and an excuse mm-hmm. that makes, that couches itself under what sounds healthy? Does it, I don't know if that makes sense. It does. Yes. So I've learned so much over the last decade that everything is a phase. So I'm not always going to feel this way and I'm not always going to feel this stretched. I, I never want to take the seat of well, it's all crazy now. I'm just not going to be a part of it at all. Because I, I feel like that's when you get really, you're you're the one missing out, actually. You've kind of decided that it's all crazy and negative and you don't want to be a part of it, which isn't valid, you know? So I think just kind of knowing your own limitations of where you are in life and being aware that it's also a phase. Like, this is not permanent. This is not making some stance forever that I'm done writing songs, you know, but I do feel pretty strongly about the way it gets out there. For me, a big strong point is the visible social aspect of music. Now I really hate the, the count thing that goes on with streams, you know, how many people have listened, how many people subscribe, how many people like it, who's commenting. I feel pretty strongly that that's kind of taken something really magical away from what's being made you're kind of losing that singular experience in some ways. And now there's all these opinions floating around that are just so visible and potentially toxic. Toxic even if they're positive, you know, that can inflate the ego or create this spiraling roller coaster effect of emotions, you know. 
but I kind of miss the days when you'd listen to music and you had no idea how many other people had listened to it. Somehow that, <laughs> that changes how you hear things. So that, that to me does feel like an area where I just, mm, I don't know how I feel about that. And I don't know how I feel about being told I have to do it that way. I think I've gotten a little weary of that. Sure. And, you know, there's a really specific moment here. My, at the time, my distributor, when I put my last album out, it was like a week after the album came out and he was like, Hey, can you, can you get me like 10 to 20 electronic songs we could pitch to these Spotify playlists, you know, to try to give attention <laughs> to your new album? And, and I was just like, uh, no, <laughs> that's <laughs> nope. I get what you're doing and I get why you have to do that. And nope, that's just not what I'm going to do. <laughs> so, um, that's weird. It, it's just, it's such a, it's such a rat race in that regard. But being around other musicians can be so great. You know, you really get back to what you all love and and what you're really trying to do. It's just so many steps to get to the actual music part. That's the reality of how it is now. Brooke, earlier you said, you know, I think from here on out, my relationship with the commercial side is actually going to be like it has to be free. Yeah. Yet that sounds untested because you've also talked about, well, this has been a period where I've been like attending to family and I have, you know, I've kind of pull myself out of some of these things. How much have you tested that to know that that's true? And then what does that look like from here on out? It's a good question. So the plan is I have, I have kind of a new internal system sounds like a fancy word, but a kind of hub of how I want to do music through emails and sort of these like private offerings that aren't as socially visible. I'm not saying I'm done with social media, but I'm not putting music through those platforms. That's not the plan, at least. You know, building a a music player that is exactly how I want it to be, where it's just not all about the count. And just making music for that direct to subscribers and people who've stuck around on a mailing list or, you know, have expressed interest. And it is untested for me. Um, I've never put music out this way. But it wouldn't just be music. You know, I, I love to paint. I love to write you know, the short stories and poetry. And I, I think a, a home for all those things, um, which so many people are doing now and is really exciting to see in action. But I want it to be done in a way that's just through an email. You know, it's not living on a website or a blog, but it's it's in your inbox. If you subscribe to that, great. If you don't, you know, catch the next one. And in a weird way, that feels good with the disposable factor of content now. And I can't call it content, you know, cause that just feels too, um, business 101. I mean, it really feels like an offering, like I need it to be an offering or it's just going to be too hard to make it. And when I made the decision about a year ago that I think this has to be free, I'm not even gonna ask for like a Patreon thing where there's these tiered follower, you know, subscribers and patrons because then I can really make whatever I want. Then it's really, truly, it's not free. It's not just free for the consumer, but it's free for me. And so it's a big, it's a, it, there's no business model. There's no like, <laughs> here's how we're going to earn money, but it doesn't feel like it's about that anymore. Um, and thankfully I feel like I've, I've done this long enough that being able to build up a catalog and, and the publishing world is amazing in so many regards for that, where you can really start seeing the back end of all the work over the years. And there's just different ways to earn money, you know, because I'm not just starting out 
I don't feel as reliant on extreme counts and things like that. So that felt really exciting. That was the first time I was excited to make something again when I realized I don't have to worry about how many people are paying attention to this in that regard. You know, I just, I just need to know it's communal and then I can make it. When you make those kind of decisions, what, what do you start to make? Did you start to write poetry? Did you start to write some compositions of some kind? Yeah, both actually. Um, I'd been writing poetry for a while anyway, and have been toying with the idea of maybe having, you know, a small press, a small run of books made or, or how, what would I do with it? I have a handful of friends in publishing world for that, but it's also kind of a <laughs> debatable dead language, like dead art form. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just started writing a ton more once I kind of made that decision. And then the songs started really pouring out from that. And it coincided with the timing of um, my family and I, we moved, we moved to a, literally it's like a little patch of woods really inspiring space actually. And that helped, that's just helped a ton to kind of reconnect with, I'm always trying to get a specific feeling when I make things. And it's, um, it's totally how I felt as a kid. I'm trying to kind of re-harness that feeling, not steeping anything in nostalgia, but really kind of going back to that place where, you know, as a kid, you have no future and no past. You're just so in the moment and you should really focus on what's happening in the moment. And so the space we live in now has really helped provide that. It's really quiet. Uh, it's beautiful. It's very inspiring just from a, a natural world standpoint, which really speaks to how I make music. I really lean on natural instruments. You know, I don't do a lot of, I don't do a lot in the the digital realm of plugins and all the cool things that you can do now. I still really lean on instruments that don't even have to be amplified you know and so that it, for me personally it just really speaks to me and allows me to um, write in the way that I feel equipped to write so um, yeah it helped a ton it really just kind of got the gears moving and the wheels turning once you're inspired how do you carve out that space and time when you do have two little ones and another on the way yeah you just uh <laughs> It's a, it is amazing what you can do in a day. You just find <laughs> it, you know. Um, it's during a nap or you get up before they do um, or you stay up late. Um, when I'm at the university I teach at, I'll, I'll grab an extra 30 minutes in a practice room after I'm done teaching or, you know, you just make time for it because you, you want to. Now I, I want to do it again, you know. The desire is back. And so if that means all these things need to be free, then that's worth it. To salvage that feeling has just been more valuable to me than any kind of monetary gain, truly. Brooke, for people who are interested then in where these next turns, especially the free turns, take you, I mean, how do we sign up for that business model or you know, stay alert to what's happening? Yeah, well, I, I am on social media um, and I haven't really talked about it on there yet, but I plan to once things are kind of ready to roll. We have sort of a, a placeholder with the website that'll go live pretty soon where you can just sign up for the mailing list. So, you know, all of the usual places you would go find someone that you want to keep up with what's going on. But the difference is that all this new material is just not going to be on the digital outlets that you're used to. But we can sign up for it there. Anybody can. Yeah. 
been listening to The Resistance. If you've enjoyed this episode, please rate us on iTunes and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And for more information and further episodes, you can find us at listentotheresistance.com. Engineering, production, and additional music by Jake Kirkpatrick. My name is Matt Connor, and I'm your host. Thanks for listening.